Nursing isn't a career, it's a calling. Answer the call with Marquette University's Direct Entry MSN program and find out what it means to be a Marquette nurse. A Marquette education, it holds a lot of weight. Before I graduated, I already had a job offer in the ICU. If you hold a non-nursing bachelor's degree, use it to earn your master's in nursing in less than 21 months. My name is Shelby and I am a Marquette nurse. Search Marquette Direct Entry MSN today. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Highlight Sports. We got a special edition for you. Uh, breaking news this weekend. Had to be talked about on the show. Uh, as you know, half of this broadcast duo, podcast duo, if you would, uh, is a diehard Colts fan. So, DJ, your boy, Andrew Luck, retiring at the ripe old age of 29. How you feeling? First first thoughts on it. The initial thoughts were, what the fudge? How, what, who stole Adam Schefter's account and who's tweeting off of it? Who's getting away with this? But then as it started to become more and more basically it became real once we realized it was a real thing. It was kind of shocking at first. I was like, why, what, are you kidding me? Like, it, what happened? Then when you sit down and think of it, that dude has more injuries in the last four years than most like MMA fighters have in their whole careers. He had, just going down a short list off the top of my head, he had a concussion issue. He had torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney, which I remember going back to that. Doctors compared that to a car crash victim when he got that against the Broncos. He had that labrum slash completely decapitated shoulder that he went through that he played a year and a half on he had a con- he had multiple concussions i know one he missed a game for now this ankle calf knee lower extremity pirate leg issue he yeah. has going on with that is not healing how can you really blame the guy i mean he has basically got the worst case of cauliflower body ever just you've taken you've taken so many hits early in your career 
it's going to add up really quickly. I mean, I know he's a big, strong guy, and there's guys like Big Ben who takes a lot of hits, but that's a lot of small nagging issues that are going to really annoy him later in life. Lux had big ones that are basically killing him right now. Like, when we watched that press conference, we you could we were practically tearing up for him just to see yeah. what he's going through. Like, I mean, you've been through some injuries as well. Like, we both still are annoyed from our high school and post-high school injuries, you especially with your knees and lower body extremities. Oh, yeah. No, this is uh, – I mean, I, I, told, I told you when I watched the press conference, it was – it it was hard for me to watch that and not feel for the guy. Like, you know, watching his press conference, you know, like Doug Gottlieb tweeted that you can't if you can't make it through PR, you know how 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 weak are you? Like basically calling him a millennial because oh he's having trouble with rehab. First, yeah. oh, we're gonna get the Doug's. Doug's an idiot. I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's gonna come up later on. We're gonna get to that, but no, just like the the thought to say that that man that man has put his life on the line literally for his team. If it wasn't if he had this offensive line currently. When he first came in the league, I don't think we don't we're, we're talking about this right now. He had an eighth of this offensive line from the beginning. Basically, he yeah. probably doesn't go through as much. But no, yeah, just watching that press conference, man. I that is a man, that is a warrior who is being forced to give up his love of the game. Like he is, he doesn't want. You, you can see it too when he teared up and when he's talking about his family. He was literally just. It was that like you can tell he shed a lot of tears over this over the last however long it took him to get to this point and. I don't buy the it's been a week and a half. I think this has been a long-term thought process for him because he's a smart guy. I mean, he graduated with honors from Stanford in architecture. That sentence alone is a PhD in itself. <laughs> exactly. And he even mentioned it like like he's been mulling it. Like with that shoulder injury, he was mulling it back then too. He's like, God, things just can't get right. Like what if I'm never going to get right? I don't want to have a crippled arm my whole life. But then as it got better and with the new – I think the new coaching staff and the new offensive line, I think that reinvigorated him. He's like, okay, I can do this. But then right back at it, your ankle falls apart. It's it's hard to keep going under those circumstances. And like you said, he's ta- he has a family. If I believe he has a kid on the way, so that sort of thing. He's thinking, do I play football and love it now for like five years and then be trash when I'm 40? Or do I cut bait now, think about the family long term? And how can you get mad at a guy for picking that, honestly? I mean, you no. get in, you get rich, you get out. I mean, that's what everyone – it's kind of the name of the game. Like that's what they talk about. Fighters should do: get in, get your money, get out. It's kind of the same with football. Not everyone can be Tom Brady. He's a different standard of oh my god, how is he still playing? And yeah. Drew Brees, like that's weird. Yeah, that shouldn't be the norm. I mean, Peyton Manning was a skeleton his last two and a half years, basically. Like, basically, he was only around because he was so damn smart. But we don't know what he's going to be like in ten years with that. He had a similar kind of thing where it wasn't a just a career altering injury; it was a life altering injury. Yeah, his. I mean, his spinal column was it like literally solidifying calcifying and so it was the narrowing of the spinal column for Peyton and with with this impingement issue with luck like that's not something you just let go I mean you talked about the lacerated kidney that by itself he was literally the, peeing blood yeah like, that's that'll the, screw with anyone go pee blood and tell me how I feel afterwards exactly yeah okay, it, you Doug yeah seriously and then you know you come back from that then you come back from basically a shoulder that doesn't ever work again and that's after playing 15, 16 games on it. like yeah. that, And that wasn't behind this offensive line. That was behind a pretty bad, cheap offensive line. Like We're going to get into some numbers and stuff like that later. But it wasn't exactly being protected into that, his last full season before this last season. No, this was – yeah, and this is – honestly, I, I like I love watching Andrew Luck. I will say that for I, – I wish he was a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, one, because injuries wouldn't have been a thing for him. God, he would, wouldn't even <laughs> – God, he'd be a monster if he had that Cowboys offensive line. Also, I mean, he's just such a good guy. You you don't ever hope this for anybody, let alone somebody who is a 
I mean, really, he's a role model for a lot of young athletes coming into the game, like, of what you're supposed to be like as an athlete, as a competitor. As a I human, mean, too. Yeah, as a human, like, especially as a human. I mean, he, he got a degree. That's not just any degree. No, too. not like just he any had degree. the degree of degrees. Yeah, he got an architecture degree, which is not an easy. It's not like getting your your general studies degree, your like some some guys did. Thing. Yeah, communications from some. Not schools. trash on any degree. I'm saying there's levels. That's all. Yeah, but no, he got an de- architecture degree from Stanford. He's not said a negative word about an organization that has been known for. Well, let's just be honest. Killing him. Yeah, I mean the Colts are not the most stable organization. In the front office to begin with. I mean, your your GM has been busted for what? Coke and hookers at one point in time? Well, that was the owner. The GM, the current GM and coach <laughs> situation is actually competent. That's what we but, saw yeah. last year. Even Andrew with five games of basically getting back into it. Then they win nine out of ten at the end of it. I mean. But it's just, I don't know, man. He's never said a word wrong. He's always been right. He gets sacked by a guy and thanks him for hitting him hard. He says, oh, good hit mid-sack while he's throwing the ball. It doesn't even make sense. Like, oh, good job, big boy. Estrell Suggs is eating him. By the way, still completing the pass 10 yards downfield to T.Y. Hilton somehow, which we'll get to T.Y. in a second. I don't know, T.Y. I feel like he's probably going to be the most affected guy out of all this, unfortunately. Him or Eric Ebron, definitely. But going yeah. forward, too, like, we kind of talked about a little bit, like, whose fault is this? Obviously, a little bit of it is not really anyone's fault. It's just the nature of the game. Like, people get hurt. Part of it, we're going to start with the lower part. Part of it is Andrew Luck's fault. Yeah. Early in his career, he held the ball really long. Like, Bruce Arians in that deep-throwing offense, sometimes he held the ball to make a big play. Like a lot of quarterbacks do, but that's a little bit different. Next up, it's honestly Jim Ursay's fault next. I'm breaking this by tears. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but he kept a regime around that was. He saw his quarterback getting assaulted relentlessly, but Andrew's overcoming it. Like even like Chuck Pagano, great guy, fantastic guy. What the Colts did for him and what he said about Luck during the preseason game, fantastic guy. But as a head coach, he just didn't have it, whatever it was. Yeah. And he's a defensive guy, so you don't really want him in charge of your franchise, young franchise quarterback. But even he said like I was able to keep my job much longer than I should have thanks to Andrew Luck. Oh, Which yeah. could just be him being like a nice guy, but I think we all kind of know that at the same time. Too. Yeah, that's the truth. And then, of course, the former GM, Ryan Grixon. What are you doing? You were, if I'm not mistaken, he used to play in the trenches back when he played, too. You come in with a guy who's thought to be the next prototypical superstar quarterback, which I think that's part of the reason he left, too. He's like, all this expectation heaped on him before he even got a chance to play. Now the injuries are kicking in, I guess he didn't want to be oh, well, what could have been and be broken at the same time. Yeah. He's like, I would rather be, oh, what could have been, but be healthy and comfortable. Exactly. And and I'll agree with you. I mean, I do I, – you got to put a little bit of the onus on, on Luck himself. Like that's, I a, mean, that's a little small. Yeah, like we're it's, breaking it's, it by a pie. We're looking at like maybe 8 to 10%. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And and some of it's just you, you got to know once you start getting injured, you got to know you can't be the guy taking a fumble – and diving back across the line, still for, the best, to, one of the best plays oh, in Colts history. Absolutely, <laughs> the best play I've ever seen from a quarterback, like just a heads up play like that. That was probably top I, that I can even think of right now. Um, and but yeah, definitely the best in the Colts history. It's, but you know, you can't be doing that long term. You can't be exactly. taking on giant linebackers. You can't be breaking Vontaze Burfict's neck at the goal line. Yeah, that was probably number like two. On after, you, after you after you roll out and break a tackle and then go for five yards, you just need to get down. You know, you don't need to try to run over that linebacker or that corner. That's it's not going to help you. But, yeah, you're right. It's, he's about only 10% of the issue. Like, honestly, I do put it on the former GM. Like, you, if you're an, a former offensive lineman, the number one thing, if you have a number one quarterback like they have with Andrew, had with Andrew Luck, it's still hard for me to say had, but they, they had with Andrew Luck. 
you can't just put Joe Schmo over here and Tim, whoever what his name is that you you saw around the corner at left tackle, like. Oh, you know, and you, let's get that guy eating a lot of donuts at right guard. Yeah. Like oh, he he won an eating contest. He's our center. Like no, 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 no. Like you got to spend quality draft picks to get the guys up front to protect your number one guy. You know, we've seen it with number one guys all the time. We see it with with the the older car. You know, led the league and being sacked how many years in a row? Basically, Andrew Luck got the David David Carr treatment. The only difference was I think Andrew had a little bit more. I don't want to say talent because that's like insulting car, but you know what I mean. Like he had a little more upside, and he right. came from a football background. He's, which I think is part of the reason he's leaving too. He's seen former players what's like afterwards. I mean, his dad being a former quarterback, he's hung around those guys. He has seen the after results, like, like how many guys have committed suicide with CTE. The guys like Earl Campbell, he's a legend, all time great. He can barely walk now. Yeah. Like you look at guys that he has seen what happens, so he's probably thinking, nope, not worth it at this point. I'm if I keep. I think if you take away the ankle injury, he's still probably questioning, like, okay, I'll keep going, but if I keep getting injured, I got to think. This ankle, I think he's like, the fact they can't diagnose it, too. Yeah, and, like, and that's, don't know what that's it is. another thing is is it, it brings me to the, the training staff, the doctors they're using. What Are they just not going to the right doctors, or is this as big of a mystery as it, it is actually seeming? Like, there's no way this has never been seen before. In the, the history of sports and injuries and things like that, this has got to be some some way to figure this out, and I just don't know if they're taking them to the right doctors. If team doctors are just kind of doing that that manly thing of rub some dirt on it, it'll be okay. You got to wonder too, because this is the same team doctors, like are the same team. I don't know the exact staff, but excuse me if I'm a little bit wrong here. But it's the same team who had doctors who said like, "Oh, Peyton probably won't be able to play again. He needs another surgery." They question that. Oh, Luck's shoulder, he'll be fine in a week. Like, there's a, there's been a lot of questions recently with the medical staff in Indianapolis and. As someone who's a fan of the Colts, like, as a big fan of Andrew Luck especially, too. Like, I remember I remember joking early in those years, like, if they trade Andrew Luck to, say, the Cardinals, I'll be a fan of the Cardinals, sort of, just because he's that kind of dude. You can't help but root for him. I just don't understand how you, what's going on with the medical staff there. How do you miss everything? And they tend to have a lot of injuries year in and year out, too. Like, last year was one of the rare anomalies where they were mostly healthy, and, well, we saw what they did. They clicked. But yeah. even before that, in Andrew Luck's previous years, the year with the years where they were terrible without luck, there was injuries galore. So I got you got to question that training staff too a little bit. Absolutely, you know it's it's you know they talk about all these injuries and and this is one thing I guess maybe the Patriots have over a lot of teams is their training staff has been around for a while, their strength and conditioning staff has been around for a while and been successful for a long time. The Colts, I mean, you think about all these big players for the Colts over the last 10, 15 years. They've all kind of had to leave because of injury. It's not been, you know, it's not been just because they're getting old. They're, most of them are, are having to, you know, leave the league because of injuries. And and so you, you're right. You do have to start to question, is it the staff? Is there something going on? And just, you know, nobody's, I don't know, maybe just they're not looking in the right places or maybe they just need to find a whole new staff. I mean... I will reiterate, too, like just for people who maybe missed the earlier part or just kind of tuning in at this point, we're basically breaking down how we think we got to this point, and we did touch on some of this. The onus is on Andrew, of course. You can't ignore that. Some of it is just dumb, unfortunate luck. I mean, there are, how many times do you see great players? I mean, 
a guy who chimed in on the Doug Gottlieb stupidity, Troy Aikman, your boy is a Cowboys fan. He called Doug an idiot too, and Troy's career was cut short by concussions. I mean, Absolutely. he could have played five more years easily. And that's another that's another Fox guy. Like that's a Fox guy on Fox guy. That's like they're in the same building. And I don't think anyone is taking his side on this yeah. one besides idiots that were booing, honestly. Which going to come back to that too. I got we got a lot to talk about yeah. because a lot has happened because it's kind of the biggest story we've seen in a while, honestly. Maybe even since Peyton Manning decided to go to the Broncos, yeah, something like that. Like, just because you don't see franchise quarterbacks in their heyday just retire honestly no not at all and and you know like Gronk don't get me, don't me wrong Gronk, Gronk Gronk retiring at the time he did was surprising but not as surprising this was like because we saw Gronk limping around basically yeah. like he was a shell of himself and he's a position that gets I don't want to say hit more but like in the trenches as well as a guy who catches over the middle we're like okay he's on his last leg his job is to run it's probably over look he was well, he was an MVP candidate last year for a while. I'm saying yeah. he was poised to be an MVP candidate this he's, year. He was at the Pro Bowl less than 12 months ago, talking about what he's what he has to look forward to with this team. Like he wasn't our, This wasn't a pre-planned thing. Like this was an unfortunate yeah. like smack in the face. He's like, I can't. I don't blame him. Like yeah. obviously, we. I don't think he's going to come back either. I mean, a lot of things like maybe he'll come back at 32, take a few years off. I don't think he will. Honestly, like he'll know better. Like if I come back at 32, just risking getting hurt again. I think yeah. this is a. If he comes back, it will be next year. It won't be in like two or three years. But yeah, and and you know, you mentioned Troy Aikman, and I I texted you this once we found out, and when you were at the wedding, I, I was like, look, man, this reminds me of watching Troy Aikman. Like, the, un, unfortunately for Luck, the difference between him and Troy Aikman is Troy Aikman was lucky to be on a Cowboys team that had the success while he was there. You know, getting those Super Bowls, getting to all those NFC Championship games, like. A winner, basically. Yeah, I mean, Aikman looks like a winner, whereas unfortunately for Luck, I, I mean, we talked about this that he, we think he plays for another five years. He's a Hall of Fame guy, easy. Un- hands unfortunately, down. right now he's kind of Grant Hill, Derek Rose, where it's like, God, that was some success, but it was over and derailed way. Yeah, or, or Gail Sayers, you know, these guys that that were flashing the pans. Reggie Bush, you know, like what we all thought Reggie Bush would be coming out of college is is kind of how I feel about Andrew Luck right now is. He was good. He was damn good when he was playing. Top five quarterback in the league, arguably. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like you know, this messed up both of our quarterback rankings going forward. Like this. Yeah, is, this was going to come out in about a week or so. But I had luck in that. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to spoil it. He was in the top two. I had him behind number <laughs> one going into the league. Just when you count in all the weapons, a full off season. But then, then the cap started coming in, and I moved him down a little bit. And now he's. I don't know. Let's just say it's looking a lot different now. But yeah, he, I mean, he was in my top five as well, and I just—I mean, it sucks. It's—it's it's hard to. It's—it's—it's it's, it's crazy because I mean, we're removed from it for for a little bit. You know, this has been two days since we found out, right? Yeah. But like, if you guys go look at our Twitter page, you'll see our response to the immediate aftermath is we're gonna stick our head in the sand and pretend like this isn't happening because there's no way this is happening. Like. Like, when I saw this, I went straight to Twitter, and it wasn't quite taken off on Twitter. It's like, oh, someone will screw with me. And then next thing I know, I see the chef detweet, and I'm like, oh, great, it's real. Then I started checking. I was like, oh, God. We need, oh, to, God. We need to get Schefter some Schefter bombs or something. I mean, like, unfortunately, though, whenever Schefter releases a Schefter bomb, it's it's never good for yeah, whoever not, he releases. Like, it's it's like somebody's retiring, somebody's injured, somebody's getting arrested. And in like, a case like this, We too, need Woj yeah. bombs for the NFL, Schefter, not... Schefter bombs where it just ruins everybody's day. I want to hear basically DeMarcus Lawrence resigns right away. I don't want to hear, oh, by the way, Andrew Luck's retiring. He's planning on leaving tomorrow, but we're going to break it today. So yeah. that puts him in a – which oh. obviously it's his job. I'm not – it's like damage. Yeah, no, I mean, came out this way. Like, 
Especially Luck, who's been a, such a great guy. He's like, he wanted to go out in his way, and he didn't quite get to do it his way. Like, Yeah, it, it forced the press conference up a day. And and then his team, then he unfortunately was in that position where the fans were booing him, which I'm not going to, like, I hate it, but I'm not someone who's like, kill those fans, they need to die, they're no. awful. Like, I'm, a, I'm of the mindset where it's like, you're wrong for booing, but I'm not going to, like, throw you under the coals. Like, that's not fair. You're probably just traumatized. Like, what's he doing down there? He's retiring. Yeah. At the same time, Luck's probably sitting there like, there's that little meme with him talking to Brissett, and Brissett has the ultimate, what? Face, which could mean, like, Andrew's like, hey, man, you about to start. You ready? Yeah. So, I don't, and, that was just a little bit unfair to everybody, and it kind of sucks. But back to the, I'm going to, we've been getting off track. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. Andrew, he's such a, such a big-time player and such a weird exit, but I'm going to round things back to why I think Ryan Griggs and the former GM is to blame. You look at when he first came into the league, most hit quarterback by far. Like, there's a Twitter thread on Twitter. I don't know what it's called. I don't know whose it is. You can probably go find it pretty easily. It goes through the amount of times he was hit versus the amount of times he was sacked versus the amount of times he had the ball, basically. The percentage just keeps getting higher and higher. And that's when you have Andrew Luck on a rookie deal and T.Y. Hilton on a rookie deal and all these guys like Kobe Fleen or all those rookies you drafted. So the GM started spending a lot of money on defense and not good defensive players by any means at all either, like pretty subpar defensive players. So that meant less and less money was put in the offensive line. And you could see over the years, he got hit more and more and more. And the less you spent it until 2015 when he got that major injury, they are spending like $5 on the offensive line. Yeah. And you spent all that money on Frank Gore, who I love me some Frank Gore, but he was on his last leg and a half. Andre Johnson, who was done, I mean, like he was over with. You signed guys like Ricky Jean Francois over the years. You draft, who did they draft basically after the Andrew Luck draft? Do you remember any of their first round picks up until Quentin Nelson? <laughs> or let me phrase it up until Ryan Kelly. We'll even go. Um, I was gonna say Ryan Kelly, maybe, but uh, and that was if I'm, that was after that year, if I'm not mistaken, too. So yeah, so no, I can't think of a single. Honestly, I can't think of a single meaningful draft pick they've had in the last. I mean, in that you know three to four years after Luck was drafted, you can honestly just look at their first round picks since they took Luck. 2013, they took Bajorn Werner. Your face kind of says it all. I mean, the pass rusher who's German from Florida State who started as, like, a potential top-five pick, but he quickly dropped to the point where the Colts could, you know, actually draft him. Then in 2014, their first-round pick technically was Trent Richardson simply because they traded it away for that running back in week two when the Browns were willing to part with him. I don't know why you trade a a first-round pick for Trent Richardson. He had a pretty decent rookie season scoring touchdowns, but he had a buttload of carries and a terrible yards per carry. 2015. The year where it mattered the most going into that season where Luck got hurt. You have so many studs on the board still, like Malcolm Brown, the big defensive tackle. Landon Collins, the dude who just got paid for being a stud safety. You have players across the board. And what do you do? You take Philip Dorsett, who is basically just a guy who ran really, really fast. He's a decent receiver who had moments, and he did just win that Super Bowl with Tom Brady as basically just a cog in the system. But you can't do that to Andrew Luck when... You consistently spend all this money, like, bringing in Frank Gore, who I love me some Frank Gore, but he was on his final leg and a half. I know he's still technically playing, but he's not Frank Gore that we know. He's not the inconvenient truth or whatever his nickname was. You bring in Andre Johnson, who was a ghost of himself. You bring in defensive players like Eric Wallen, Ricky Jean, Francois, guys who you overpaid heavily for them when you just neglected your offensive line. The one decent offensive lineman they drafted before that 2015 Ryan Kelly draft, Jack Muhort, a guard from Ohio State. He wasn't too bad, honestly. Like, he wouldn't start on this current line. He wouldn't be a starter. He'd be a flex guy, basically. But he was pretty decent until the injuries took over. You took him in, like, the late second, early third round. I mean, you can't be doing that when you have franchise quarterback. The Patriots, they're the anomaly because they have a system. 
they're the perfectly built system. And they still do take offensive linemen relatively early. I mean, But they, they take system offensive linemen. They don't take... They don't take just, like, some random offensive lineman they like the, the film on. They take, like, a guy who fits their exact system the way it needs to be. And I'm kind of happy you said system there, too, because there's an old adage where they kind of said about basketball. We're like, oh, college basketball is about the coaches, where NBA is about the players, which is kind of true, which is why you see Mike Krzyzewski, John Calipari, Tom Izzo win year after year after year, regardless of who they have. I mean, obviously, they get the good players. That's what makes them great. The NFL, I think it's kind of the opposite, honestly, where – the college football scene is about the players, and the NFL is about the coaching. You see it with the Patriots. I mean, they cycle things all around Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett. They have a system that's pretty much foolproof. No one else has figured out yet that even devoid of talent still works. You just need a little bit of talent and a whole lot of brain, and you are good. Where in college football, you look at, like, Clemson and Alabama, that's good coaching, but that's because they also have 22 of the best players at their damn position across the board. I mean, you have nine star recruits at every position so yeah yeah where i think in the nfl i think coaching matters like when you get good players plus coach you end up with the patriots and the 49ers in the 80s and the cowboys in the 90s where you have the mix like that that's when you have both but that's due to coaching you can't do it with just good players which is why you see the patriots their offensive line is constantly good even if they bring in different offensive linemen they let nate solder go they they seem to function the colts they don't really have during that time, they didn't have a great coaching staff. I mean, they had some pretty decent guys. Pagano's a pretty good coordinator here and there, et cetera. But they didn't have an offensive line system that was clearly worked. They just kind of pick guys and plug and be like, oh, well, he's the best lineman in the fourth round. Let's throw him in there. Yeah. That's what we can afford. Let's do that. And then uh, you have no depth whatsoever. Like, Costanzo's pretty good, but he's had some injuries too. So when he was out, they had literally nothing for a while. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's hard to watch, honestly. It's like, I don't know, I guess as a lineman, I, I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I was a better – run blocker than a pass blocker i wouldn't want to go to a team like the colts who was a who was a pass first team like you know that that team is predicated around the pass as a run blocking lineman i would rather go to a team focused on the run like you know with a a, i don't know the cowboys you know like somebody who's gonna run the ball more times than they're gonna pass that's where i'd rather go i don't I just wouldn't want to be selected just to be selected. You know? How about this? What about a team that is unpredictable and mixes it up at least? Would that yeah. be Because that makes your job easier when they, you can filter and play action, or on third and one you actually are pass blocky and the defense isn't quite ready for it. Exactly, yeah. Which and, is what the know, Patriots and those good teams – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, they're they're really like, it was perfect because when you brought up the Colts, like during that Trent Richardson, they're like, Chuck Pagano and them, we will establish the run, we will chop wood, we will run that high formation power row with four tight ends or whatever the frick they would do into a nine-man front basically instead of – and then if they'd be down 21-10, and Andrew, they're like, oh, well, shoot. Hey, Andrew, look, remember that fourth quarter comeback thing you like to do? Yeah, yeah we're just going to spread out and let you – that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, like, first drive, they spread it out, he goes 7-for-7 seven to seven touchdown. I remember this because this was one of the best games I've watched in my life, honestly. Oh, and I was, was pouting funny. for 90% of it. Yeah. And then they started trying to run the ball and do – tried to be a team you just weren't built to be. Like, you don't have an offensive line to run power O. You don't have an offensive line to really run a spread. you got to – you got to catch people off guard. You got to run quick stick patterns, quick yeah. slant out routes, curl flats. They didn't really do that. The offensive coordinators were so many seven step drops, five step drops, deep, deep dig post high lows, not like a slant drag route, like a five yard high low, like you see a lot of other teams do. You were running a 15 yard dig and a 30 yard post. I was like, oh, yeah, just kind of throw it over one guy or under the other guy. Yeah. You know how long that takes to develop, even if you have T.Y. Hilton and Tyreek Hill? Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't exactly work that easily. So, 
and you, and you mentioned it. Like they didn't have a Ty and Tyreek. They had a Ty and a Kobe Fleener. They had a Ty and I don't even remember Donnie their... Avery, yeah. Darius Hayward Bay, and Hakeem Nix's ghost. I mean, he, they did have yeah. he did have the goat. What was left of Reggie Wayne that first year? Reggie Wayne but, had five really good games that first year, especially that one against the Packers, <sighs> the Chuck Strong game where he base where you just. Every time he looked up, those orange gloves came out of nowhere and snagged the ball. But yeah. other than that, it was basically waiting till T.Y. and Andrew just were like, hey, we're pretty damn good at this. We should keep doing this. Exactly. And, and nobody really was fleet of foot. Like, T.Y. is your fastest guy easily. Not even close. And, and like, the next fastest guy might be one of your linemen or Andrew himself. A you lot know? of the times, yeah. I mean, and when they were faster, they weren't exactly – they didn't use the prop. Like, Darius Hayward Bay was fast, but he wasn't scaring anybody. He had hands of bricks. Like, those – his hands need to go in the Hall of Fame for being the worst hands in the history of the NFL. And Philip Dorsett, a close second. And then you look at the tight ends. <laughs> Kobe Fleener was an athletic freak, but he didn't even start for a lot of those teams because he couldn't block and he wasn't the cleanest route runner. And he had dropped a lot of passes, too. Yeah. Dwayne Allen, he even the Patriots didn't want to keep him, and they like to keep the Colts leftovers just to win a Super Bowl with them. Look at Philip Dorsett. Yeah. I say that because they are still mad about deflate, so they got to rub it in, which another Grigson special. Oh, the ball doesn't feel right. Thanks, Grigson. Now everybody thinks we're now you basically made the Colts a laughing stock for the, those couple years since then. Yeah, it's, it's that's off beside the point. And we're back to talk about Andrew Luck. Where the the more his career came on, the less they spent on the offensive line. When you get a generational quarterback like that, and you actually have a really good first draft where you get him two tight ends he can throw to, you get him his number one receiver T. Y. Hilton. You had a really good running back in the fifth round who unfortunately injuries cut his career short too. And then you do things like trade for Trent Richardson and then draft Philip Dorsett. You don't do anything to help the offensive line. Sometimes you just got to overpay for offensive linemen, especially when you have that quarterback. I mean, we kind of give the Raiders shit for paying so much to Trent Brown. He's making just about as much as the entire Patriots offensive line. They give a you-know-what about Derek Carr, honestly. Well, I don't know about John Groom, but in theory they're saying, like, all right, we're going to put everything around Derek Carr so we don't work. We can blame him and get rid of him, which exactly. isn't the best mentality, but it's better than, oh, he'll fix everything. Yeah, it's okay. Andrew's got this. Like, that's, that's I feel like the Colts' philosophy is like, you know what? We're just going to make it – like, it's like literally putting together a fantasy baseball team when you're rotating pitchers. You don't have a solid pit, pitching staff to rely on, so you're just like, um, he's the best guy for today. For the Colts, it was the same way with their offensive line. It was just like, you know what? You're going to play here today. You're going to play there today. You're going to play there today because he's all injured. And you know what? It's not really going to work, but it's cool because we got Andrew back there. Like, hey, he'll, you were he'll defensive tackle last week. You're playing left tackle. <laughs> yeah. Like, there were years where he had, they counted in the games, like more than 30 different offensive line combinations in a year, I believe it was. Which is crazy. You only have 11, or you only have 16 games. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't 30. Maybe it was like 30 different offensive line. Oh, no, yeah. It was, yeah, it was like, it was literally, there were 30 at, at the end of the regular season, it was like 32 different combinations of offensive linemen had been used in that season. And it's just, you're literally using one a half in every game. Like, how embarrassing is that? It doesn't make sense. And and you're still winning seven, eight games with Andrew Luck. Hell, you won, you won 11 and five, three years in a row yeah. before his shoulder decapitated. And that year they went eight and eight. How many games did they lose by, like, five points or less? I mean, I remember, I just remember looking at that season. Like, they were eight and eight and easily could have been, like, 11 and five again just because, like, they lost so many games in the last two to three minutes just because the defense was Swiss cheese. And they gave up so many points early before Andrew Luck put on his cape, came saving the day. <laughs> 2017, Jacoby Brissett, you can't blame Andrew. He was sacked almost 60 times. And I know Jacoby Brissett was a young guy, still held the ball a bit too, but it's clearly not just an Andrew thing. You put a different quarterback back there who's 
arguably a little bit more mobile. Depends on how you look at it. I think they're kind of similar. Yeah. And he still gets murdered left and right. And then the, I just don't get it. Like, whenever I – this is kind of speaking from afar, armchair quarterbacking. It's like you get this quarterback. You're like, this guy's winning his games. Let's keep him safe. Let's give him everything. You know what? I know you want to build a balanced team in theory, but – your defense will come along if you score points and you keep your quarterback healthy. It's look. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna roll with the Saints' philosophy on this. The best defense is a good offense. Like we'll get defensive players in the draft, but we're gonna pay for everybody on offense. Like the first year they got Drew Brees, it was, eh. and then they built an offensive line around him. Hell, even and, that first year they went to the NFC title game yeah. with that meh offensive line because there was such creative play calling, getting the ball out quickly, and as that offensive line gelled. They picked apart everyone, minus that 2006 Bears defense. Exactly. I mean, like no one like, besides Peyton Manning really picked them apart, honestly. And and what's, that's what's crazy is you sit there and look at these, like, the league is so offensively based, and it has been for the last 10 years. You just sit there and look at what they did with Luck, and you're just like, why? You, I mean, you sit there and look at the Colts games, and it's a shootout almost every week for a lot of their games, and they were paying for their defense, and that just didn't make sense. You're like, why are you going to keep paying for something that's not working? Exactly. Like, I think they looked at the Patriots who had those great defenses and then the great quarterback made it work. They had a great offensive line. That's why they didn't have a whole lot of expensive receivers. You can have Julian Edelman's and Chris Hogan's, Deion Branches, who are all actually really good players, honestly. Like, yeah, they, they're not bad by any means. They're, like, you can have mo- not explosive receivers per se. Granted, he also had Gronkowski, and he had some weapons. I think it's a little yeah. over. You can go without having Antonio Brown and those guys if you can protect the quarterback to make the right read and get somebody open. That they can always run the ball too. The Patriots underrated. They can run the ball. I mean, did, oh, yeah. the, Sony Michelle and James White, well, Cordero Patterson, like those guys. Ben Jarvis can, Green Ellis, like, like you, I was just thinking even just last year, those three oh, guys. Yeah. Were, with, yeah, Corey Dillon. Like when you have an offensive line, you can change things. The Peyton Manning Colts seems that unfortunately underachieved. You had a Hall of Fame left tackle, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame center, and an arguable Hall of Fame, if not perennial Pro Bowl right tackle. Yeah, they kept Peyton upright the best they could. The problem was that for some reason that postseason it. Their offense was just so predictable, and it just didn't click. Like, they ran six plays, and the, dang it, the Patriots were like, no, we got this. Yeah, yeah. But if you put, like, that team around luck in today's offense with the Frank Reich play calling they have, like, or even Bruce Arians as rookie, just play calling that makes sense. Like, concepts, play design, setting stuff up for the later game. We're not having this conversation. We're talking right now about how we think luck could be a top three quarterback next year. He might have been in an MVP race yeah. if they could play. I mean. And the Colts might be in, might be in the Super Bowl talk, you right. know, like. We were having those conversations, not, oh, crap, will they even challenge for a playoff spot this year? And then and then that kind of makes it we're going to move ahead to what should we expect from them this year. Yeah. When I look at this team, you still got one of the better offensive lines in the league that's growing. You have T.Y. Hilton still, who you talked about his tweet a little bit, like how he's tweeting, I'm playing for my boy Andrew. If that's true, that man is about to come possessed and he's about to eat everybody. He's no longer going to like slide down when he does service body. He's going to suddenly turn into Corey Dillon and start truck sticking people yeah. in his five foot nine, one hundred five pound frame. Every game he's played in Houston is going to be every game he plays from now on. Jacoby like, Brissett, you look his way, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Then you still got Eric Ebron. Where we're going to find out if his was the Andrew Luck effect or if it was like just being on a different team. Like we're going to find out really quick. Which I think he's still going to be a good tight end. I think he's going to be better than he was in Detroit by far. Yeah, Jack Doyle coming back. The young kid, Paris Campbell, out of Ohio State. I think we all kind of liked him when we're like, wow, he was in the second round for the Colts. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, as a guy that – let's be honest. If they don't, if the Colts don't pick him in the second round, I think he slips to the third round for the Colts to pick him again. Like, Which is blasphemous to think because he was arguably a late first round, early second round talent. I mean, like he's a, not bad for a kid who didn't have an offer from Ohio State until a senior year. Exactly. Like, and then, you know, it's – 
okay. And then you put him on Frank Reich's creative offensive self, and then that's and then the guy they signed, uh, Devin Funches. Devin Funches, six foot six. That's another big body for Jacoby. Like, ah, screw it, he'll get it up there. And this is the first time in a long time that I can think of a receiver coming into Indy who is a big bodied receiver. Who can actually catch the ball. And isn't 50 years old. So, I mean, he's yeah. 24, 25. Like, there was Akeem Nix for a year, but he was dead. And he was six like, foot. He's yeah. like, he wasn't even that big. He was broad-shouldered. Like, and Devin Funches is a, is a yeah, six foot five guy who can run a four six four four he Somewhere can, in that range. He's your power forward rebounder at this yeah. point. Which, and, and he can jump out of the building. He made Cam Newton look good for a lot of games where Cam Newton was not good. <laughs> He was pretty much what they thought Kelvin Benjamin would be after his rookie season. He basically yeah. was like, okay, I got this. And so, you know, if if this is why I guess it's it's so hard for me with Luck not being there is I literally look at all these weapons they have on offense, and they have a solid young defense that's just getting better, and as long as they can stay healthy, that defense is, 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 is probably the best defense next to the Jaguars if the Jaguars put it together <laughs> in that division. And – Depending the on offense. how Houston too, like it's probably not as talented as Houston Jacksonville, but like at the end of the season last year, they bend but they didn't break. Like they were those Colts defense with Peyton Manning. We'll give up twenty, but we're scoring thirty. Yeah, but they're so cohesive. Whereas like we talked about the Texans defense, it's, it's very much based off of JJ Watt knocking the passes down or Jadavian Clowney killing a running back. Randomly. Yeah, and then the Jaguars is very much based off of all right, Jalen, you cover him. All right, uh, everybody else, just don't let them do anything stupid. All right, AJ Boyer, you take away that guy. All right, their number two, their top two receivers are Donna Calais Campbell. Go kill that guy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, but you talk about these Colts that they, they don't have a, they got a couple of big names. You got Darius Leonard, Malik Hooker, but you know they're not big big names. They're we know them. They're the guys that play better than the sum of their parts, especially exactly. down the stretch. Unfortunately, like that does get exposed a little bit, so you gotta be careful. But this is a, that was their first year together. This roster has flipped on its head, so. I think with luck, this is a Super Bowl caliber team. If he was healthy and clicking, yeah. I think now that Jacoby's out, or not sorry, now that Jacoby's in and Andrew Luck is out, this is a fringe eight and eight to nine and seven type team. Like they could yeah. make a playoff run. The one thing that's kind of curious I'm looking at is last year Marlon Mack was kind of a sensation, especially what he unfortunately did to your Cowboys. I mean, uh, he, hey, look, and then what he did to Houston that second half, like he came along, like it was the return of the Mack. Yeah. All throughout that, once he was healthy again after the first three or four weeks. What was kind of interesting is when you watch it, he racked up yards like it was nobody's business, but they established the pass early in Mac 8 and 8 and 8 and killed the game because yeah. they were chasing that Dontrell Inman and T.Y. Hilton, all those guys all over the field. In the Houston game was a perfect example. Luck eats the first half, Marlon Mack kills in the second half. What they're going to have to do this year is Marlon Mack's going to have to eat from the get-go and can that get going. Yeah, you can't. I, don't, I honestly don't know if you can expect that performance like with the Cowboys – from Marlon Mack every week where, you know, let's be honest. 130 yards, two touchdowns, probably not going to happen yeah, every week. like that's not going to happen every week. But, I, I mean, I think Marlon Mack is a very good NFL running back, and he has the possibility to be great. We'll see. He's a young guy, and you have miscellaneous running backs to go with him, which I think yeah. will help too. Like, they have a few young kids. They brought in Spencer Ware from the Chiefs. I don't know if he's even going to play, though. I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, whether he comes back from injury or not is, yeah. is a question. And you have Naeem Hines. That kid looks like a baby Darren Sproles or a Darren Sproles 2.0, some of the plays he is making. So, And how do they use him? Exactly. And Frank Reich's just kind of sitting there like, ha twiddling his fingers with what he's going to do with Andrew Luck. And, and now the, I think he's going to have to reel it back. He can still have fun. Jacoby Reset is a bright kid. Like, Oh, the, yeah. The Patriots raved about him before they got rid of him. They basically got – I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the reason Belichick traded him is because he hates Robert Kraft for being a you-know-what hole. 
yeah. with like, no, you have to keep Brady. You've got to get rid of the two guys that are quote-unquote challenging him. Because it's kind of a coincidence both those guys were traded right around the time that stuff started coming out. So Yeah. And I, I think you're right, actually. I, I mean, it was literally looking at it. You had Jimmy Garoppolo behind Tom Brady, who was obviously the heir apparent. But you had Jacoby Brissett challenging Jimmy Garoppolo for being the heir apparent, and nobody talked about it. Nobody was like, oh, wow, that guy's actually really good. And, you know, you saw glimpses of it in his first year in Indy. Like, and that was after coming basically sent there a week before the season, like, hey, come play. Then that yeah. week one where the Rams absolutely torched him because they had – I don't know who that quarterback was. I just remember laughing because it was like a Nathan Peterman performance. <laughs> yeah. And then Jacoby comes in and doesn't play great, but he doesn't play like trash. Like he showed he's competent when he's not getting assaulted Like because that offensive line was – oh, boy. Yeah, that, 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 that had line. some holes. That was a hole. <laughs> so I think going forward, if you can establish, I think if you can run first to set up the pass a little more often than you did last year, I mean, which obviously it's different when you have Andrew Love, both Brissett, he'll win you the games. I mean, the, the Seahawks tried to trade for him. They offered a second-round pick, and the Colts were like, no, no, we're good, which at the time I was like, well, second-round pick, that could be nice. Like, But looking at it now, it's like, you know what? You got that guy, you keep him. Yeah. And he's playing for a contract, which could be an underrated factor. I mean, there's something magical about guys in that contract year. Sometimes and- they overperform. And he's another guy where, you know, they're talking about they're playing for 12. I mean, you know, you heard in the press conference with, with Andrew Luck, he talked about how close of friends they were. After resenting him, too. Like, yeah, after, you know, Luck's... seen that kind of transparency from a professional athlete ever? I mean, I don't you, think I've ever... Like, you hear other professional athletes like, nope, just here so I don't get fined. Not make fun of them, Marshawn Lynch, or anything like that. It's like, oh, he's a great player, like, every week, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just like, no, I hated that guy, but then yeah, I met him. He had my spot. Like, I wanted my spot back. And like, you, I'm jealous of him. And then you talk to him. He's like, God, what a great dude. So, honestly, Colts fans, they should be excited for that. We, you have Jacoby Brissett. There. Yeah, I think I think Colts fans, um, when you look at this season coming up, like, um, you know, I, I've told you, I, I think they can make the playoffs. But uh, they got to click it's gonna, right away. It's, yeah, they're going to have to win a couple early. And then the, you're, you're going to run in that midseason lull right around the bye week. I just – Assume it's going to happen, but they need to win out six out of the last seven, seven out of the last eight, and I think and that's they can make the playoff game, and they can make a playoff spot. And we've seen it in the playoffs. You just got to get in. Sometimes. Yeah, you, you just got to make it, and then who, whatever happens after that happens. You never know. And yeah, I think I don't know. I think long term from now, we're going to be looking at this being like, okay, that wasn't so bad. Like but right now, Colts it's, team bounced back. It was okay. Like you lost generational talent, but you. Saved a lot of money and built around it. Like they could turn yeah. it to the Cowboys, honestly. For example, with honestly a better quarterback, depending on how you yeah, look. They, oh, we haven't seen enough of Jacoby Brissett to know that. But you know what? He's already better than Dak, <laughs> so he can throw the ball more than ten yards accurately. By the way, Jacoby Brissett's arm. My God, Frank Rice can have fun with that. I remember that hail mary, the one pass he really threw this year against the Eagles. Like, oh, he has a strong arm. We're still re- recovering with Lux's arm. We're not sure, so we're gonna have him throw the hail mary. He throws it out of the back of the end zone oh, casually yeah. while running. He's like, a, he's a stud. I mean, Jacoby Brissett coming out of NC State. Nobody really talked about him, but the kid the kid put up numbers at NC State. I mean, he broke records that Russell Wilson had set at you know there. And what's crazy is I read this thing on Twitter about him. So it, it was from a guy with a check mark. It was a, a quote unquote esteemed sports reporting person. I'm going to presume it's 100 percent true. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But basically, when he transferred, like the rule is you're not allowed to travel that first year with the team. Yep. He drove to every single game and watched that to be with his teammates and watched them basically get their ass whooped because they weren't and, any good until he got there really and it, i don't know if anybody knows anything about the acc but if you don't you're going to boston college as far north and then as far south as miami and everywhere games. in between all yeah. of virginia's everything and the whole coast and that's not easy drives those are 
I mean, there's first of all, there's tolls going down to Miami. There's tolls going up to Boston. Then you, on top of that, that's another nine to ten hours north, nine to ten hours south. Like that's not an easy and drive. A lot of times you could be driving kind of near the coast where the roads yeah. can be a little. And, and it's not something that's expected of you. You're a transfer quarterback who's not not playing with the team this season. You know, you're not on the team, and nobody expects you to travel with them because like, nobody does. If nothing else, you're getting a young kid who clearly has a bunch of leadership intangibles. A very likable guy with a rocket arm and is clearly not a trash panda, basically. Yeah, he's, a, he's he, a good dude. and He's probably not going to be Andrew Luck. He probably, his peak will probably never be Andrew Luck's peak. I mean, that's an unfair comparison, yeah. but doesn't mean you can't win with him. So Colts, I think you'll be okay. This sucks. He, this is You're in much better hands now than like when Peyton left that first year when Peyton was injured or like when Luck was injured the first time. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a Curtis Painter coming in to uh, replace... Yeah. Your quarterback, you know, you you Dan have a guy Olofsky, that's guys yeah, like that. you have a guy that's that's got some promise to him. I mean, I look at him, and I see a, he's a starting I, quarterback in the yeah, NFL. I mean, everyone I, seems to think it, and I I see a young Steve McNair. I mean, I really do. I think his athletic ability is on par with McNair's. I think he's probably better running. I think he's got a lot of McNabb too, like that's that type of quarterback, like being he's, a more modern day version. Yeah, and he's just still a pass first guy though. He's not. He'll use his legs when he has to, and. He, but he can win the game with his arm if he needs it's to. It's funny because he's like an athletic quarterback, but he, I mean, like Andrew Luck ran a faster 40 than he did. Like it's yeah. one of those things. Like it's one of those, yeah, it's one of those things. I think it's because he's black and, you know, we talk about this in the in the pros. It's you, you get a white quarterback, they're always a pocket passer. You get a black quarterback, they're always an athletic guy. And I think, you know, you saw that this year with um, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. The dude's a pocket passer. And um, he ran a five flat 40 and some guys on ESPN who won't be called out by name called him a scrambling quarterback. Stephen A. What? Anyway, that guy can't move at all, but he throws from the pocket. It's like Byron Leftwich back in the day. He even made the joke. He's like, yeah, I'm the one black quarterback who can't run, but he can throw the ball a mile. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't I don't know why we do it to athletes, why we stereotype them like that. Jacoby Brissett is just a good quarterback. Who I think who is going to get better in this offense, especially. You, yeah. Could you ask for a better situation to be a young quarterback in? You had to sit behind Andrew Luck for like two years, too, yeah. while already getting in-game experience. And the team just got better around you, and now the, all the cap that space they were. Oh, and, and let's not forget. By the way, you also played for the Patriots before that, and you got to learn from, you know, Tom Brady while injured, but still got to learn from the guy Jimmy Garoppolo. And for as much as I hate the guy, Bill Belichick as well, and then Josh McDaniels too. For as yeah. much of a babyface goober as he is, the man knows how to coach offense. Like, like as much as I will hate on the Patriots for forever. I will say this, that I don't think there's a better run system in the NFL Not even close. than what the Patriots have done. In the history of football, nothing So, compares. And he came into that. And it wasn't like they jettisoned him like a Ryan Mallett jettison. They got like, rid of him almost reluctantly, it felt yeah. like. It's like, well, we can't say no to Philip Dorsett. And a pick, I think it was, too. Like, Yeah. it was. You know, there was it was, a, it was a gratuitous enough offer that you're just like, I mean, I don't want to take advantage of you, Colts, but you're kind of taking advantage of us by letting by us letting Jacoby go. Like, this... I don't. Yeah, I just don't look at it as being a terrible thing. I mean, obviously you're losing Andrew Luck, but it could be worse. We talked about it in other episodes. I mean, we weren't even sure he was going to start this season. So I think it could be much worse for them. You're losing the Hall of Fame quarterback, which I'm going to kind of bring this full circle because this is a thing I saw too. After he only played like 30ish more games than Peyton Manning, which is kind of crazy to think about because it's like we're drafting him for 15 years as opposed to Peyton for five. First of all, I'm going to break this down for everybody who didn't really watch a lot of those Colts games in 2012 when Andrew Luck's rookie year. If they kept Peyton and put him behind that offensive line, that man would be literally dead. Yeah. With a neck like that coming back, the amount of times Luck got hit, 
Peyton would have got hit twice as much because he wasn't breaking tackles or moving. And I don't want to hear this, oh, he gets the ball out quick. Who's he throwing to that year? <laughs> T.Y. Hilton was not established yet. Reggie Wayne was, basically on his last leg, I'm sure they had had fun for five games. Your tight ends were rookies. The entire team was flipped on its head. Yeah. The offensive line, the one remaining piece was Costanzo, and he wasn't quite as good as he is now because that was his second year, I believe, maybe even third year. It's Peyton Manning, right, yeah. what he did with Denver with Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Julius Thomas, Wes Welker, that offensive line, that system, that's completely different than what he had done in Indy. He would have been good in Indy. They probably would have made the playoffs that year if he finished the season. However, okay, let's say you trade that first pick and you load up with draft picks. Who, how many offensive linemen that can you draft that are rookies that are going to block him? The top pick in that draft was Matt Khalil, the left tackle for offensive linemen. Do you know where Matt Khalil is right now? Because I think he's in Carolina. is not very good. So uh, Did I'm, he just retire and then come back? Oh, no, that was Ryan Khalil. No, I think it might have been Matt. See, this is the point. Like, clearly there wasn't an <laughs> offensive lineman at the top of that draft worth taking. RG3 was the other guy. Ryan Tannehill, Trent Richardson. Basically, they take Luke Keekley and keep Peyton Manning. That's the only way. It's like, oh, okay. That's assuming Peyton Manning doesn't <laughs> yeah. get snapped in half. Yeah. Like, that's... And, and this is a Peyton Manning that's already been snapped in half how many times? And, by the way, runs a 7 flat. Exactly. 40. Like, his rollout time is equivalent of a Boeing 747 being pushed, like, taxied on a runway. It's... He is not with the Jets on. It's literally being pushed by a little cart type slow. It's it's awful. Like this isn't the Peyton Manning we saw in Denver. That's not the one you get in Indy because he was good in Denver. He started a little slow. If people forget, like they were, I think three and three at one point before they took off that first year. And that's with weapons and a well-run organization and a defense. Like in Indy, he would have got hammered. Can you imagine how many times he'd have to get hit by J.J. Watt? My God, behind that offensive line. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot one of his tight ends, by the way, for Andrew Luck's rookie year, Joel Dreesen. Do you remember Joel Dreesen? Exactly. Exactly. Right. His, his most famous play is catching a pass for 20 yards for Peyton Manning in a Broncos uniform two years after Andrew Luck got drafted. Exactly. And it was like a reincarnation of Joel Dreesen coming back to Peyton Manning. Exactly. So basically that's kind of the one thing that when you really look at it, to say the Colts screw up getting rid of Peyton Manning for Andrew Luck, that's not entirely true when you look at the scenario. Like, you're saying, like, oh, Peyton Manning's better. Well, no crap. I think everyone thought Peyton Manning's going to be better, even with Andrew Luck played 15 years. I think we were going to – Peyton Manning's a top three to five quarterback all time. He's the best yeah. regular season quarterback we have ever seen. Yeah. If he had a little bit better postseason success, he's probably up there with Tom Brady, honestly, depending on how you break it down. Honestly, some people say he's a better quarterback than Brady, but he wasn't in Brady's system. It depends how you break it down. He's a top five quarterback of all time. Andrew – Let's say he continues at this trajectory, wins two Super Bowls. He's still probably like twelve to thirteen at best. Like, yeah. he's probably not going to reach Peyton Manning status. It's very that's rarefied air. Obviously, he's not. What you were drafting for is a you can't you're not going to be able to keep Peyton Manning healthy because he's going to die. B, you take Andrew Luck on a rookie contract, you can build around him. In theory, you're supposed to. Obviously, they did a trash job of it. Yeah, like if they had a competent GM and stuff and regime set in place, this isn't a conversation. So that's just the one thing I kind of want to point out because I saw a lot of people like, oh, you should have kept Peyton Man, You got rid of Peyton for this guy, bro. What are you doing? Like, It's just nah. very narrow-minded thinking, which I think is kind of the cesspool of sports, unfortunately. Which I'll, we talked about the fans a little bit earlier. I just wanted to circle back to that. You saw, you talked about cesspool of sports and the fans booing him coming off the field, and you kind of saw that right there. It was very raw and very unapologetic. And it was a lot of people that probably don't know what's going on and have never – they're probably armchair quarterbacks who have never played a down of football other than Pee Wee in their life. And, it, it, you know, to boo a guy like Andrew Luck, who has literally put 
everything on the line for a team. I, I have a hard time sitting well with that. I understand it's raw, but... How do you boo the guy that did so much for you? Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you yelled something like, don't go. At a preseason game. Let, let, let's not forget, this is a preseason. We're not even talking like he did this at a regular season. This is a freaking preseason game where let's, he wasn't even planned to play. And let's not forget, it's not like he released this at that time. He was planning on doing it tomorrow. He was yeah. on the sideline with his teammates like he always is, talking to them. like He was basically keeping his normal spouse when suddenly, oh, by the way, Hey, Andrew, everybody knows. He's like, oh, shoot, well, okay, I can't exactly avoid this now. Yeah. Like, like, he even says, like, all right, guys, this is fitting. My last press conference is in a damn T-shirt. Yeah, like, and, you know, sorry, Mom, I can't clean up. And, yeah. And he talked about having to, at late night, talking up with his t- with former teammates and current teammates and some of the guys. And you feel for a guy like that because he wanted to do it the right way. He was still showing support for a team that he wasn't going to play for tomorrow. But at the same time, he's like – these guys still need to know that I'm with them, even though I can't be with them physically. It probably won't happen, but it would be pretty cool if, like, for the home opener, they brought back Andrew Luck and let him maybe walk off the field or something like that, be an honorary captain, just a chance to get some cheers. If people boo, I mean, that sucks, but at least he'll have. Pl- I imagine he'll be surrounded by cheers. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like it's only, like, that 3% booing where that 97% would support him. It's kind of like the... The, low, the smallest minority is oftentimes the loudest, especially when it comes to ridiculous things. Like, there's oh, only Doug Gottlieb's the only idiot who actually thinks that, I'm pretty sure, but everyone heard his opinion, unfortunately. Uh, we haven't seen the president's tweets yet, so who knows, who knows after he gets a hold of his Twitter account. Moving forward. But, but anyways, yeah, I, it's, it's like a, at this point it's a weekly. we got to get it in the, the show at some point in time. And I'll uh, just go back to Doug Gottlieb. What are you doing, sir? Like, what, what was your thought process talk like? Talk about a cesspool. Especially when a guy who's literally – in trouble for credit card fraud. I mean, like you literally stole <laughs> credit cards because working was too hard. Tory Smith with the burn of the year, by the way. Yeah, that was that was the, the greatest burn I think I've seen to anybody saying anything. And, and then Troy Aikman roasting him too. It's like I understand, like he almost wants to be like a Skip Bayless figure. The problem is Skip Bayless is kind of playing in a, a contrarian a little bit. Like he wants to think outside the box and be right, but he's not really an asshole. I don't think he just kind of says things for ratings. He's Where just, I think Doug yeah. Gottlieb is kind of an asshole, unfortunately. Like even some. There have been some tweets that said stuff like that, like, just what are you thinking? Like, yeah. that's just kind of reckless. Like, you're not quitting in the middle of a game. You're not pulling one of those. You're not saying you're playing, and then at the end of the day, you say, nah, never mind. You're not throwing your helmet or throwing a temper tantrum or fighting a net. You were literally planning on leaving the game Sunday after a game, announcing it, because you are broken and you don't want to be a crippled for life. Yeah. It's not like, uh, what's the guy from the Bills a couple years ago? Monte Davis. Monte Davis. That, Former Colt, that, by the way. That, yeah, that retirement. That was a little Where he was just it. like, you know what? I'm not coming out for the second half. I'm retired. That one could probably count as quitting, unfortunately, just because of the time, the way it went down. And but and even Vontae Davis came out in support of Andrew Luck out of all – you know, he did he did tweet his support towards it. And so that's like – even Vontae Davis recognizes, like, the dude didn't deserve that. Like, Gottlieb, I don't know what he's thinking, but this is – like, I don't know whether he was trying to just troll or he was just being legitimate. And I, I don't know. I think – the dude doesn't deserve. He, he's up there in my book of not deserving a Twitter at that point. Like not you can't say any, a lot of his stuff that he has. Yeah. Unfortunately, get rid of that here we are talking mark. about him. Yeah, get rid of that Fox contract. But you're right. I think that's the only reason he has a contract is because he does stupid stuff like that and people talk about him. Which is unfortunate too. Like because it kind of takes away from the thing that we're seeing a promising young quarterback retire with arguably eight years left in his career. But all we're talking about is oh why this why that? basically all the negative stuff about it. We're not focusing on what he did in a short time. Yeah. And honestly, moving forward, good on him. He's going to have a good life the rest of the way. I guarantee you, he's not going to be too worried about this in four years. When he's 40, he's not going to be looking back like, gosh, I should have played. He'll probably be looking back like, 
thank God I can walk still. Thank God I can pick up my kid and throw maybe throw the football with his kid in the backyard. And to be honest, I see him being like what we see at a lot of college games where you see the guys who recently graduated, graduated 10 years, 20 years ago. You see them on the sidelines supporting their team still. Or you look at Matthew McConaughey supporting Texas as an alum, always on the sideline. Pete Carroll, not Pete Carroll, uh, Will Ferrell with USC. Will Ferrell, yeah. I and, say Pete and, Carroll was, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I could see, honestly, Andrew Luck doing that and being, honestly, one of the first recent guys to, to really do that and be on the sideline for his team, supporting his team in that, in that type of role. I think, I do think he'll play a large part mentally for the team going forward, but I just... I don't know. I, I, you know, yeah, you're right. We are focusing on a lot of negatives and not what he did. So, in that vein, do you want to talk about what he did? Well, let's just look at it. 11-5, and 11-5, 11-5. Out in the first round to the future Super Bowl champion Ravens that year. The next year, you win a playoff game against the Chiefs, the one of the greatest comeback ever. I think that's point. Yes, yeah, second largest in NFL history, if not first. I think I the first largest playoff. If not, it's right back? up there with that music, with not the Music City Miracle, but like that one that Frank Reich, of all people, led back in yeah. the day. That, and then, unfortunately, you lose to the Patriots in the next round. Everyone loses to the Patriots in Foxborough. The year after that, you shut out the Bengals. You whoop them. And then you beat Peyton Manning in Denver. You outgun Peyton Manning in Denver. Unfortunately, after that, you got destroyed by the Patriots, and that was really Andrew Lux. That was the last game before he started getting injured, unfortunately. They underperformed. Then after that, misses a lot of games the next year, has all the injuries, the kidney, all that. Doesn't play a whole lot. And by the way, this is all while basically being the top three for touchdowns in his first year, second year, third year, yards, all that stuff. Rookie passing yards record at the time. Broke it the year after Cam said it. Yep. And then his next year after that, 2015, 2016, he's still not healthy, by the way. That that shoulder's still broken. He sets his, at the time, career best in completion percentage, 31-ish touchdowns. I'm looking at the numbers here, over 4,000 yards, 11 interceptions, so really more than like 2.75 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. Not too bad. I mean, that's pretty much Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type numbers throughout their career. That's, I think, better than any of them had in their first five years, too. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, and then you look at the next year is, of course, the 2017 year when everything's broken. It doesn't work. Then this last year, his career best for completion percentage coming off a dead arm. He threw it, I think, in the top five number of throws in the league, too, because he had a few games there where he was throwing it 60 times a game. He had, I think it was 39 touchdowns, I think it was. His second most in his career, because he had 40 that one year they went to, I think, only like he did have quite a few picks, about 14-ish or so, but I mean... But second in touchdowns to, what, Patty? Yeah, just to Patty Mahomes, yeah. And 65, 66% completion over... He was top five in yards, like... And that's after a terrible first, like, six games where he's pretty average for a lot of it. And that was all leading a team to an improbable run that unfortunately got stalemated by that Chiefs team that I think was just ready to play. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Colts last season, because of Andrew Luck, I think they, they over exceeded expectations they overachieved beyond belief and they just got sometimes the team just gets rolling and they got rolling and it got them where it got them on the cusp but then unfortunately you run into a buzzsaw that's been there all year we see this happen pretty often honestly so it's a shame yeah. that our last memories of andrew luck losing a playoff game to the chiefs when arguably one of his greatest moments is winning a playoff game against the chiefs and let's not forget that chiefs team struggled against the colts many many years until this last season in the playoffs. like I mean, they kept Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone. Like It was Travis Kelsey all the way to the red zone, and then they ran it in. So it's, yep. they played pretty well. They made plays. They just they came up short. It happens. But Andrew Luck's been mad, a magic man for the Colts. He brought hope back to this team when they thought it was gone when Peyton Manning left. He revitalized. Basically, we were talking, like, how do the Colts fans get so lucky you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck? It's a shame it ends early, unfortunately. But 
people keep forgetting. Like, y'all must have forgot. Yeah. That that dude was that dude for so long until, unfortunately, you can only take so many hits. I mean, that dude looks like he's been a, a nat, like an indie car driver his whole career and just crashed every single time. Yeah. And it, it, it is bad. I mean, yeah, I just keep going back to the press conference and just seeing his face. If, if you guys haven't seen the press conference yet, go look at it. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook, all over YouTube. The guy is, is beaten, broken down. He looks like a guy who's just literally – he looks like Atlas carrying the earth. And then all of a sudden somebody just came by and said, hey, let me hold that for you. And all this weight was just lifted off the man. I mean, yeah, I said earlier he looks like a guy who just got told he has to give up his love, which is true. But he looks like a very relieved guy who just got told he had to give up his love. Like you could tell it killed him to say that, but as he was going through, he's like, this is what's right. This is what's right. It has yeah. to be done. Like, So in the end, I think the league is going to be – it's, it sucks to see Andrew Luck leave. Just, we talked about like the league is better when AB was playing. We talked about him in the helmet saga. Yeah. The league is better when Andrew Luck was playing. We're all going to miss him. I mean, like he's a stud player. Just watching him play is fun. Even if you hate the Colts and you despise Andrew Luck for some reason, got to respect his game, honestly. I mean, yeah. like, Although I don't think any of us are going to miss him as much as T.Y. is going to miss him. You know like who's that, not going to miss him is probably Tennessee Titans, a team that he never, lo- that he never lost to yeah. either. But yeah, T.Y., we mentioned it earlier, that, that tweet T.Y. had, and that's kind of how I want to close this out, is that dude playing for his brother this season, and you know we, we I joked about every game that T.Y. has played in Houston is going to be every game this season. It's possible because that man's never been this motivated. Like, he's always been motivated. but Sometimes you find a little something extra. I think you yeah. find a little something. So either this could be T.Y.'s explosion of all time, or maybe they just had something special. Jacoby, look for that man. That's all yeah, we could say. Exactly. Honestly. You got a rocket, you unleash that rocket. And it's and it's gonna be fun, something fun to watch. Um, the, watching the Colts grow from this, um, I'm more curious, honestly, to know what Andrew Luck's next plans are. That's kind of that's kind of my thought on it. Is I want to know what his next plans are because the dude's a brilliant guy. I mean, he has a stake in body armor. He has an arc. We had talked about his degree from Stanford. And he can have like a six-figure job tomorrow just doing whatever he wants, honestly. And exactly. he's made so much money. Who cares? Yeah. Which, by the way, good on the Colts organization, like with that $24.5 million he was owed. They're like, no, no, you can just keep it. Like, dude, they basically worked something out instead of that. Like, remember Calvin Johnson when he retired? The line's like, we want that $5 million back. Yeah. Colts, they worked something out and just let it go. Good on their organization. Good on them for working that out, not letting it end ugly like that. I mean, Clearly, they didn't know how much he meant to the organization. They hate to see him go. And Granted, I think they were the ones who leaked it, unfortunately. I think that was a last-ditch attempt. Like, if we leak it, he'll change his mind. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, and I think this is kind of an Ursay play. It seems very Ursay-ish. It has Ursay written all over it. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's that's never what you want to have. Um, it might cause some bad blood down the road, but I, I mean, we ta- you just saw the press conference, how happy he was, how lovable he was with the team, how much he loved that organization. And... I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's a heart-wrenching, heartwarming story at the same time. Like, it is so hard. Like, and as for you as a Colts fan, I imagine it's worse. But for as me as an NFL fan, as a football fan, as a sports fan, I hate seeing a guy lose his career because of injuries, especially losing such a promising career because of injuries. Um, and I especially hate a good dude having to lose it like he is a good dude and he had the world ahead of him and i hate seeing it and the best part is he still has the world ahead of him which is probably the best part about this retirement he has his whole life ahead of him so on behalf of football fans and colts fans i'll specify us as well but football fans in general thank you to andrew luck for everything you've done it has been a pleasure do you have anything else you'd like to add really quick or no absolutely thank you andrew luck um you've made watching football that much more fun so good luck in your next ad- 
endeavors, and thank you for tuning in for this special episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Hopefully, we don't have any more kind of like this one anytime soon. That was a little rough. Yeah, this, let's, let's not let's not have any more. Nobody random. needs to, no more random retirements from guys from injury or anything like that. Let's just continue talking about games and player rankings from here on out. Yeah, I'm gonna go shed a tear now. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you guys next week for our regular scheduled episodes. Thank you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply.